Confidential Podcast brought to you by DaytimeConfidential.com. On today's show, YNR pays tribute to Jeannie Cooper, Brooke makes her move on B&B, Snoop Lion visits One Life to Live, is Prospect Park in a labor dispute over all my children, and the identity of Roger Howarth's general hospital character is revealed, not to mention a baby is born on Days of Our Lives. All this and much more on today's show, so stay tuned. Welcome. Hey, hey. Jamie Giddens, welcome. How do? Well, this last week may have been one of the most interesting weeks to be a soap blogger in months. Because on the blog, there was all kinds of drama. From people sharing their favorite memories of Jeannie Cooper to all kinds of general hospital controversies. But let's start off with Y&R's tribute to Jeannie Cooper. Mel, how many boxes of hankies did you go through watching that episode? I went through four or five of them. Oh, my gosh. What a fantastic tribute for a fantastic actress. It was so great just to see the actors as themselves talking about Jeannie as the person, you know, who she was, all their stories about her, how she helped them in the past, you know, and just her personality and how wonderful she was. It was so great to see that because I feel like we don't really get to see that often. So it was just nice to see them as they are talking about her and you know that Jess Walton I tell y'all she destroyed me when she at the very end she's just like good night Jean and oh my god y'all I just I couldn't go on (laughs) I almost couldn't go to work like that's how serious it was but it was it was a great episode if y'all haven't seen it like I don't even care if you don't watch the young the rest just go watch it you will be moved it was fantastic well, and a bunch of people came back, Jamie. They, uh, Trisha Cass came back. Uh, we had, I believe Beth Maitland was there. Stephen Nichols came back. They had um, Heather Tom jumped over uh, from B&B, John uh, as well as John McCook. Yeah, John I McCook mean, was, you know, for newer viewers and, well, for even for me, because I was born in 77, so I, didn't, I wasn't watching back then because I wasn't born. But John McCook originated the role of Lance Prentice on Y&R, Way back in the 70s, there's all you know, all you have to do is Google John McCook and the Young and the Restless, and you'll see that that famous, you know, picture of his body in that swimsuit. And you're just like, oh my god, that was Papa Forrester. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was like the hunk back in the day on the show that the Brooks sisters fought over. So it was cool to see him back over there. Y'all know I'm a Billy fan, but yes, yeah, seeing Heather Tom back on The Young and the Restless, I was like, oh, 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 keep her, keep her, play Red Rover, send yes. a million over to play. Um, what's her butt, Katie? Katie. But no, um, it was a good, and you know, basically, I'm going to be doing a list of all the people I want to see back for her, for Catherine Chancellor's funeral, and half of them were already there. I mean... You know, it would have been nice to see Tom Beards. I mean, he played Catherine's stepson in a very iconic storyline for many, many years. But, you know, I don't know. If I, yeah, I, I could see Jill being a little scared, though, after that video he made asking Jill Ferret Films to bring him back when she first got the job. That might have scared that woman. <laughs> that would have scared 
scared me. But, um, you know, um, I don't know how Quinn... Is Quinn Redeker still alive? I don't even know. The guy that played Rex Sterling. Um, you know, I mean, but those are all, you know, it was a great tribute, you know, not picking that apart. I mean, I, for the for the funeral, I hope they bring back, you know, Michael Damien and um, the the actress who played Gina Roma, because, you know, those are Kay's stepchildren. And, of course, Ashley Bosham needs to be there as Mac, I hope. Um, but, yeah, it was a great, great episode. Um, I'm so proud of Jill Farron Phelps and CBS Daytime for doing that. We have lost a lot of iconic veterans in this genre. And to my knowledge, I've never seen that type of, you know, unscripted thing. You know, well, of course, you know, you know, they rehearsed it or whatever. But what I'm saying is there we've seen beautiful tributes on air, you know, like when Mac died on another world, they gave a great storyline. But to actually break the fourth wall and actually have the actors as themselves, I don't think I can remember and I was gonna, and I was gonna say uh, because Jeannie Cooper's tribute, and along with what they did for the anniversary this year, I think YNR has found something there by breaking that wall. Because I remember those intros, and we love those intros when we just had the actor talking about their character. It's something different. It's something unique that we don't see very often. I would like to see the other soaps do it. Can you imagine imagine if we had Allison Sweeney or Christian Alfonso or Deidre uh, Hall talking about their characters on Days of Our Lives for a couple minutes? They do that type of stuff all the time, but it's usually for the web or, Mm -hmm. you know, in the past it was for SoapNet or, you know, they'll do it for the Sony website or for the Days of Our Lives website. But, yeah, that is unique that they were doing it there for now with why in regards to YNR's 40th anniversary, I thought all of those videos were amazing where they fell short though, was in story. I felt like in, you you do not encompass the whole 40 years. I mean, which it would be hard to do that anyway, but you look at what GH did and they took six months to basically give a best you know, basically take you through a best hits of everything that made GHGH from 63 to 2013, whereas YNR kind of just had another Victor and Nikki wedding in story. And for me, it always goes back to story. And so I feel like while their videos promoting their 40th were amazing, they totally missed the opportunity to, to do right by the 40th anniversary in storyline. And that's I mean, you know, Jill Farron Phelps, let's just be real. When she was at GH, what? Oh, what? remember what she did at the end of that one episode, which wasn't even a tribute, and it was just credit? She does, she's not known for liking to take the time out of story to celebrate, you know, anniversaries. But I think what GH did should be a lesson to all the soaps, because I firmly believe that GH's rating spike was because they made such a big deal out of their their 50th anniversary. But anyway, back to the Jeannie Cooper thing. Yes, it was incredible. And we didn't really get to talk. We, you know, we talked so much about Jeannie in the, in the previous podcast because of her illness, but you know, we didn't, we didn't really get to go in depth about our feelings of loss about her. And the show will never be the same. I mean, I remember people talking about when Douglas Watson died, how they would ever feel the gaping hole he left on another world. And I mean, he was 
definitely central to another world, but he wasn't even a core character or an original. I mean, Jeannie Cooper had been on The Young and the Restless since 1973. The first year was on the air. She wasn't an original character, but they brought her in, you know, prior to Heather Locklear coming on Melrose Place to save the show. You know, Jeannie Cooper was brought in to help spice things up on The Young and the Restless when it was kind of faltering in the first few months of its life and you know they paired her up with Brenda Dixon and started that classic Jill versus K cat fight and they've been fight you know they fought for 40 years and that to me I say it all the time for a lot of people the young and the restless you think Victor and Nikki you know immediately for me when I think the young and the restless I think Jeannie Cooper with those big, tacky, garish <laughs> rigs on, going, hello, John Abbott. I mean, because when I think of, you know, watching or darling. With, in the 80s with my grandparents, you know, it's, you know, Catherine being dressed in a fur inside her house, just walking around. And I'm like, why she still got that coat on? But, you know, or if, but, you know, if she went over to the Abbott's, you know, Mamie would take the coat, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Why, thank you, Mamie, darling. But yeah, Mel. Um, meanwhile, this last week it was announced that the Young and the Restless new number one stunner, Dylan, is going to be getting a pal. <laughs> Sean Kerrigan has been cast as an army pal of Dylan, who apparently is the best thing since sliced bread and black t-shirts well you know they had to give jason another one of his mob buddies oh wait a minute i'm sorry wrong show wrong show yeah i don't i don't really care for dylan he's just so boring there's a good word for it boring. and now we're going to have to see him day in and we day already out. see him day I in i and know day out. but it's gonna be even worse because he's gonna be serving coffee at Crimson Lights. I just want and him to get a career path. I just like to point out that it, when you end up in a Crimson Lights as a Crimson Lights owner, oftentimes it's bad news creatively. Well, it wasn't for Sharon and Nick or exactly. for Matt. I said oftentimes, not There's all. Only been, the only people who've owned it have been Sharon and Nick and Mac and Kevin and Kevin and Mac and Kevin and Kevin and Chloe. Oh, and- Kevin, no, them other bitches. I mean, excuse me. The, look, <laughs> Kevin just let his wives pretend like they own it. But no, I mean, you know, the thing about it is, they don't have a through line for this guy. Nope. First, he was fixing that girl's kitchen, and you know. Then he's a bartender at Nick's little dive. Now he's a and bartender. his apartment is bigger than the Newman freaking <laughs> ranch set. I mean, it's a sad day in hell when you have one brand new character on The Young and the Restless. And we all know if you are a soap fan, the moment you get your own home, it means you're sticking around for a while. And that damn thing is bigger than the Newman Ranch. It's not big. It's bigger than Adam's penthouse. It's freaking. It is bigger. I'm going to tell you who should be mad. We keep talking about these. Uh, Joshua Morrow should be mad as hell because Adam has a Adam has had a mansion set. Now he has a penthouse set. I'm like, why did Adam need to move into penthouse? He had a big ass. He had Genevieve's bite your lip mansion. Why he had to move? Nick is still in the former. People be laughing when I say that, but that's the tech house. It is. That's the tech house. Other Newmans used to keep. They doggone saddle. 
Coles back in the day. And then when Victoria married Coles, they let her move out there. And Nick had the big, nice guest house. That how, how that boy lost that to Sharon in a divorce. I'm like, how you going to lose some property on your mom and daddy's ranch? You know, so Sharon and whoever she's screwing is still in Nick's house. And Nick is still out there in the horse shed, in that poorly decorated horse shed. And Nick got 15 children that he seems to be raising on his own. Because all of them live there. Noah, Summer, Faith, Hope, Liberty, all of them living upstairs above that horse shed. And I'm like, can Joshua more I'll get a new set steve burton got a set but we got you know that's where he need to stay they'd be like here dylan you got you hard hard times you can stay in my mom and daddy's horse shit out here now the other thing that's the other great storyline that has been going on on the young and the restless and some might argue that it may be the single best storyline that's going on on soaps is lauren michael carmine and fed this last week, when Carmine was planting all kinds of little evil seeds in Fen's ear and encouraging him to call his parents to tell them that it was okay for them to break up and not be together because of him, good, good, good stuff. What'd you think? That Carmine is slick, and I love it. I love how he's like, yeah, so you should tell your mama she should break up with your daddy, and uh, then you could, be, then she could be single. <laughs> And and it would be great, but remember, I'm your friend. Wink, 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 wink. I'm like Carman. I like the way your mind works. It's so terrible of me, but I love it. It's really smart of him to get get to the woman through her child. I mean, that's that's so one on one right there. Why not do it? Though, if I were him, though, I'd be a little bit concerned because the day that Finn finds out the truth. He might go and push Carmine off a roof. I want Finn in love with him. I want Finn to get all confused and lean in for a kiss, and Carmine be like, "Dude, what's going on?" And then Finn be all broken down. This was someone didn't want me because I'm gay. And then I want Finn to come to Carmine's and see Carmine on top of his mama. And just go plump crazy. Yeah, hunch it. And and just go Sammy Brady crazy and tap all of Genoa City. That's what I want to see. When he wears his hair too fly not to be gay. It's a little emo. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's a little, you know, I cover the right side of my face because I can only stand to see half of the world. So, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, Mel, what do you think of how this storyline with Summer's paternity is evolving? Because I was thinking about it this last week. What the hell are they going to do? with this storyline without Phyllis being around. Well, do we, we don't know when she's leaving yet, right? We don't know for sure, but I mean, still the aftermath of whenever it's revealed will play out for a while. Christopher told me to tell you she read it. Tag her in, tag her in. Oh, and here I thought you were referring to Robin Strasser. (laughs) Stop, stop. Uh, Who mothered Jake on all my children? Tell me that in five seconds. Five, four, three, two. Oh, shut your mouth and call the chiropractor. We done taught you one item of history in five years. Yeah. Yeah, clap, man, clap. Luke, learn something. What did you think? of how that's playing out. I'm enjoying the way this story is working out. You know, I'm not a real huge fan of undoing paternities and things like this, but I like the way this is being 
done to where, you know, it's Nick being the true bad guy in this because he's always kind of been this little gray character who's tending more on the good side of things, but you know. Yeah, he's good, but his penis is bad. Yeah, that's, basically. That's I mean, he's a great guy yeah. who just can't be faithful to anyone ever longer than six months. I mean, except for the apparent most boring person in YNR recent me memory. You her cupcakes taste better than the mother helpers. That's why he don't flap on nobody else's. Well, apparently she likes sweaty balls. Oh, well, hell, I, what, could you blame her? Joshua Morales balls? Please. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Days of Our Lives. The NBC soap has a lot to celebrate. Uh, last week's episodes were fantastic, and it delivered them great ratings in the demos. Jamie, what did you think of Eileen Kristen? This is my story again. I never thought I'd see the day. Gary Toblin, Chris Whitesell... Lorraine Broderick, y'all have me saying it. I'm saying it. I'm claiming it. I'm speaking it into existence. Days of Our Lives is the best soap opera on daytime again. From, oh, girl, they tore the roof off the house. The purple house in Salem last week. When that little, it starts with that little, all roads lead back to that little sociopath Sierra Brady. First, that little heifer. Hid the letter letting them know that Nick's b- rapist done got out the prison. She mad at her mama. You won't take me to the zoo, so I'm not going to let you see this letter, Bobby. So the rapist man gets out and kidnaps Gabby and Nick, and the gay boys have to come and play gay hardy boys and rescue Gabby. She's like, I ain't your smijo. They have to get her over there and have a baby. And then Nick gets shot trying to rescue uh, Nick from his gay You know, rapist. Will gets shot. Yeah, Rick, Nick, somebody, Will gets shot. And then all that goes down. And Sammy's like, you get away from my son, Nick, with her purple streak. That's my grandbaby. I'm Sammy. I'll beat you up. And so cut to the other storyline you got going on. And the other little badass baby on the show, Johnny, is all, I took a picture and I stole it from Sierra. And Marlena's like, "Mm, mm, what picture did you take? Mm, She's like, it's this picture, Grandma. And Grandma looked at the picture. She said, oh, shit. That's that man that beat up Brady. And so she's like, I got to go. I got to go. And so then Eric Brady shows up. Father Eric. Look, she is mama. She calling Father Eric. Here, take this little boy, Samus. Oh, don't worry about it. If you lose him, she got seven more. I got to go. And so Marlena gets on her moped, and she heads across Salem Square. So she finds her stepson, and she's like, Brady, child, let me tell you about Kristen. And so Kristen shows up because John done been over there trying to hunch on her. Talking about, you know you still want me. Let's put on some baseball caps, you know, because they used to play baseball. That was the stupidest love story when John and Kristen first got together. They used to play baseball together. I'm like, who want to see that on a soap opera? I know Drake Hogan used to play baseball, but who cares? So, you know, he'd been like, oh, I'm going to hunch on you. And so Kristen was all like, no! you to hunch on me oh man i love your son and that is a sad fact that john hunching on you is what made you realize it finally <laughs> so kristen <laughs> runs over to the demera mansion to try to tell brady i love you for real i know i was being a bitch but now i love you 
and but his mama had got over there before and told him everything about Kristen. And he showed out, and Kristen was all on the floor, ah! hollering like a black woman at church. Ah! Ah! Brady! Brady, don't leave me! We was going to adopt a baby together! Ain't nobody finna give Kristen a baby. Kristen got a criminal record worse than Chris Brown. Ain't nobody finna give Kristen a baby. So <laughs> then, Marlena shows up. And Kristen looks up. She all on the floor looking like a wild cat. And she said, you bitch. And Marlena said, isn't that what payback is? <laughs> and then she tossed her golden mane. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was wonderful. Days is on fire. And meanwhile, Blake Barris took down the house, too, yes, he when did. he admitted to Maggie, or when Nick admitted to Maggie about what happened to him in prison. Ooh, and the baby said, over and over and over and over again. I said, shit. Look, everybody freaking out about poor Michael. Michael just had to catch it. He just had to catch it once. Dang. Nick was in a committee relationship. Ugh, I was like, dang. God. Oh, baby. Yeah, Blake Barris was incredible. I'm going to tell y'all, y'all like I want to get this up for her. Camilla Battis was good, too, because that woman Ooh. was looking like she, no, she, I have to give credit where credit is due. When he was telling her all of that, she was like, what the hell you say? I thought she was going to take out a switchblade and cut a bitch, because she like, what you mean? You was lying to me? And he was like, I thought I loved you. I'm like, oh, snap. I didn't even, like, I knew that he was going to have to reveal to her what had happened in prison. But when he was like, I don't know if I love you or not. I think I was just trying to force myself to love you because I'm so messed up. She was like, what? <laughs> you know, she, you know, she wanted to call Padre, Pe Pedro Nim to mess him up for that because he done lied to that girl. Her brother's in a coma. Well, yeah, Rafe is the only sibling she got left in town, and he in a coma. But, you know, and he got to get out of that coma because I need him to start back hunching on Kate because I love me some Rafe. Yeah, I'm feeling days of our lives right now. I don't know what, you know, it is. Maybe they got a... May sleeps. Maybe they got a Google environment over there where everybody just gets to come to work and jump rope and play hula hoops and stuff. But <laughs> there's some creativity going on over there. That's why when Marlene McPherson posted on her Facebook that she had been out to dinner with Kid Corday and Dita Higley, let me tell y'all, these fans were tweeting me on Facebook about, like, you know, like somebody has said, Barack Obama was seen talking to the Taliban. <laughs> because people were bad. They were like, what's going on, Jamie? Jamie! And I'm like, I ain't on Marlene McPherson's Facebook, first of all, so I don't know. I didn't see the picture. But they were like, Jamie, please don't. And I'm like, I can't stop them folks from going out to dinner. I said, maybe they're just friends. They used to work together. But people were like, no. Look, if a Days fan had been at that restaurant, they would have taken Ken Corday's plate. Get out of here, kid, right now. <laughs> Don't look him in the eye. Don't look him in the eye. Run. I'm like, I hope, you know, and of course, like I said, they could just be friends. They, you know, people who work together, I'm assuming they aren't that silly to ever allow Dina Higley back 
in Burbank. Like, she ought to just be banned from the whole city of Burbank, let alone today's studio. Day's ratings are up. The show is great. Please let Dina Higley write another book about how hard it is to be a rich white woman in America today. Well, and meanwhile, Sammy... I mean, apparently Sammy's becoming more Kate-like with time goes by, because now that she's a grandmother, she has a My Little Pony streak, um, just like Kate has had for all these well, years. Kate has gotten rid of hers. Kate's hair what do, is a nice, what, two-toned brunette. It will be bashed. Don't worry. I'm sure it will be back. What did you think of Ariana Grace? You wrote a cute little post about This Is Your Life. Uh, what did you think of that beat? Well, Sammy is the same age as me. So this is very weird. <laughs> you know, I mean, Sammy was 16 when I was 16, you know, because I always remembered that on the show. And so now that she's a grandmother, but I have to tell you, several of my classmates from high school who had teenagers are grandmothers now. So it's, this is one of those situations where it's not that unrealistic. She was a teen parent, and then she raised a kid who ended up being a teen parent. So... You know, it definitely, and you know, Will hasn't been sore-ass that much. There have been a lot of recasts, but Will, it, you know, he was born in, what, 94, I believe? I think 94, maybe 95, I think 94. But he would be old enough to be a father, so, I mean, it's crazy. I love the, the jokes between um, Lucas and Sammy. I mean, he, and whereas I cringe at the thought of Sammy even being near Rafe, I love those Lucas and Sammy scenes, not romantically, because I want her with EJ forever. That is my couple. But I definitely like the warm, fuzzy feelings between Lucas and Sammy. Now, that I want Lucas to get a wife. I want Lucas to get his own woman so that Sammy can roll her eyes at her. But, you know, I definitely do appreciate their grandparent bond and and grandmas don't look the same way that they did you know when i when i was a kid watching this show the grandma wore a bun and made donuts now the grandmas are all sexy and you know kate, in their 30s kate is a great grandmother for goodness sakes on this show marlena is a great grandmother on this show so it's like it's not the days of grandma horton where they're supposed to be you know in a in an overall dress you know handing out donuts at the hospital it's you know grandma is sexy now <laughs> well speaking of sexy grandmas mel what did you think of brooke this week on the bold and the beautiful she is brooke. not a grandma she don't have no grand oh yeah she does brooke that bridget did have to go and have a baby Ugh. told you brooke told me <laughs> to tell y'all okay Nikki, Nikki, you saw what happened to her. she's still there <laughs> oh <laughs> Go ahead, Mel. said <laughs> that she was gonna get that Eric. Eric was all, "No, no, Brooke, I won't do this. I won't be the father to your child." And Brooke was like, "Let me put it on you a little bit." Started kissing on Eric. Eric about didn't know his name, but in the end, he did turn her down and went back to Taylor. But I still think Brooke is has not given up on Eric. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. But I did see her hugging all up on Bill at the end. Bill talking about, oh, I want to be with you, but I'm going to hug you for the last time. Stop that line, Bill. Stop right now. I don't believe you. Jamie. They can't help themselves. When Brooke is like, 
Eric, let's be a family together. <laughs> we can give our children the family they've already deserved, even though our children are 38 and 35 respectively. And we didn't ever really raise them together because I was with Rich for most of their childhood. We can recreate our family. You know what, Taylor? Brooke. Oh, Brooke. Damn, where is my Viagra and some honey? I need some Viagra and some honey. Oh, oh. The Taylor at home with Bor and Thomas, who know he got the bluest balls in Salt Los Angeles. Somebody, well, I'm gonna. That's the next post I'm gonna write. Why do y'all cast all these fine men on soaps and then don't let them fuck anybody? Mason on The Young and the Restless, Thomas on uh, Bold and Beautiful, that cute boy on all my children running around right after that virgin Ariel wait, wait, from Mason on The Young and the Restless. Who the hell is Mason? Mason is the <laughs> black boy who is the secretary who is fine. Look, Google his, oh. Google his pictures, Lamont Rucker. I mean, no, his name ain't Lamont Rucker. Lamont Archie. <laughs> Lamont Rucker is an actor he, on um, Stick Like a Man. Does the photo shoots with Summer? Yes. They got all these good-looking people, and ain't nobody screwing nobody. Pete Cortland take off his clothes more than a nudist in San Fernando Valley. But he don't get to hunch nobody. That little girl tell me, I'm a virgin. This is no. <laughs> Where is the edgy on my children? Let's see these people hunching. We want hunching. Thank God Dante and Lulu, he hunched her memory right back in her head. He said, I'm going to thrust and thrust until you remember. Hey, that's Sonny's boy. We'll be talking about everything that happened on General Hospital in a bit. Uh, but <laughs> what are you guys thinking of Liam, Hope, and Steffi? I am so sick and tired of Hope. I want her to drive off a high cliff at a breakneck speed and never come back. Steven, wait for that baby to be cold. She ran up on Liam and was like, maybe this is a sign. <laughs> I, don't like, blame her. I don't blame Hope Logan. I'm going to tell you why. Because that white Steffi that had no business coming after her man like that. Oh, I slipped and fell in the bathtub, Liam. I need you. I know I used to like your daddy, but now I need you. And then, oh, Liam, why don't we just get married on this mountaintop? You silly fool. I know you just marry anybody who show up in a wedding dress. Who cares if you really love Hope? And Hope all up there in that damn thing that rich people ski on that I don't know what it's called, and she all, oh, I can't get to Liam! Liam! I mean, so, they've been doing Hope dirty, her and Bill, so I would have been like, look at her, um, I'm sorry about your baby, but you know, stem cell research, they're doing wonderful things, so your baby might help somebody walk again. So, why are you getting over that? How about us? What about us? Let's do this thing here. What's up? What's up on me and you? That's what Hope is saying. That's all she asking. What's up on me and you? Well, this last week might have the most disturbing thing this last week on soaps might have been Pammy's boudoir. Oh, on Lord have mercy. Had it not been for General Hospital, which stirred up a hornet's nest online on social media on Daytime Confidential, people were posting comments into the wee hours of the morning. Because of their fury over rape, alleged rape, fake rape, implied rape, and then the revelation that Roger Howarth is one of the show's most 
despised characters. His new character is or he's filling the role of Franco, who I have yet to find a single person who ever actually liked the character before. And now Roger Howarth, one of the most popular men in daytime, is playing Franco. Jamie, you and I argued about it for 40 minutes on the phone. <laughs> Reagan and I, Reagan and I were like going, what the hell is happening on instant messenger? I even think I saw some tweets from Mel. We're going to dive into this because it was a hot mess this week on general hospital. Jamie, when I first found out that that's where GH was going, my reaction was very similar to other people. What the hell? Franco? But as it started to play out, before the reveal, when they had him meet with Heather Weber, I thought, oh my God, this is fucking brilliant. And I'll tell you why I think it's brilliant. Because Todd Manning had a skeevy history with Heather Weber. Franco has a skeevy history with Heather Weber. Franco did something very skeevy with Sam and her baby. Todd did something very skeevy with Sam and her baby. Franco is the father of Lauren, who's played by Kristen Alderson. Todd was the father of Star, played by Kristen Alderson. It was kind of genius. The more I thought about it, I'm like, if you wanted to... Yeah, I, my whole thing was, you know, look, Ron and Frank thinking rainbows and... And Technicolor, and I guess I think in gray. Because, yeah, my whole thought was just make him Tommy Hardy, you know, and come back as a doctor. And, yeah, that would have been fine and okay and normal, but that's not Cartini Land. In Cartini Land, things have to go balls to the walls. But when you think about it, it makes a whole lot of sense. Because it keeps all of those same relationships that Todd had intact so that the casual viewer, who is going to be confused by this, there's no getting around that. Casual viewers are going to be looking at this like, huh? What? I don't understand. Those three people were three other people the other day. But, you know, at least he's going to have very similar, a similar role on the show in that everybody in the town hates him. The only real difference now is that Carly can't stand him. But Carly was already having issues with him as Todd. So, I mean, it kind of keeps all of his relationships in place. And... We have all been begging for so long for a quarter main storyline. And yes, we've had one with Pickle Lila, but I can think we all can honestly say that wasn't our dream ELQ storyline. It was cute, it was funny, but that wasn't the epic battle for ELQ we were hoping. Now that you have Roger Howarth in the role of Franco, and they've taken steps to make Franco not as horrible and villainous and vile as he was under Guza, which I'm going to be honest, I got to throw a little shade on that. It's like you can't whitewash away all of those insane crimes. I mean, Franco can't have a party and say, oh, that rape was pretend, Sam. And, oh, Michael, I didn't really want you to be butt raped in prison and all of that other stuff. And it just be washed away. And I don't think they're going to wash it away, but, 
there definitely was a lot of let's try to normalize the character a little bit so that we can have him viable. But a lot of soaps do that. I mean, Victor Newman started off feeding people rats in a basement, and then he was turned into just a sort of angry rich guy. I mean, Lord knows, Stefano is no longer holding people in bird cages in day on days. He's just like a rich, powerful bad guy again. So, I mean, if they do take the steps to normalize it and it works, you know, Todd will be Todd will be the judge. Um, I'm seeing a mixed reaction on Twitter, though. I see a lot more pro Franco tweets on Twitter that I've been. Yeah, on our blog. It has been 90% to 10%. We hate this shit. The readers on our blogs are mad as hell. There's no denying that. The readership on Daytime Confidential, who actually logs in and posts, does not like it. No like it. Well, and I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily blame them because I'm gonna sort of. Oh, just say what my tell it like a ti is. Don't say you don't. Mm-hmm. I, well, I don't, I don't blame them because I agree with a lot of the, I agree with a lot of the points that they had. Here is how I felt watching General Hospital, and I, I can't remember the last time I actually dreaded watching General Hospital. But after this last week, starting with Lulu and Stavros, which Reagan and I were having the discussion about Stavros and Lulu and how initially him just kidnapping her and mind screwing her was one thing. But then this last week where they basically left us for a day, day and a half, thinking that she had been raped, on top of the fact that you have the discussion of rape going on at the Haunted Star where we're having to watch Roger Howarth climb on top of Kelly Monaco to prove that he didn't rape Sam, which is being whitewashed. Then you have the fact that we Michael had to admit that to I mean that he was raped in prison. There was all kinds of rape go discussion this week. And Yes, rape has been the topic of discussion on Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, other soaps for years. But this week, it was just like, okay. I mean, if we were on Sesame Street, it'd be, today's episode is rape. And it was just too much. Every other thing was rape, 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 rape. And the cavalier cavalier way with which it was handled was just too much. If if it had been maybe one story and we didn't have the Lulu and Stavros stuff going on at the same time we were having to see this whole discussion about things in the Haunted Star, maybe that would have been easier to handle. But what happened this last week, the single redeeming thing about General Hospital this last week was the fact that the actors were delivering this crap. Well, let me ask you this, though, because you, you just made a, a point it was hard to watch that because and when you yeah. talked to me on the phone, that was your big thing that it was hard to watch. Rape is something that's hard to deal with. What would you have? Th- no, no, no. Wait. What would you have thought had you been watching? Because I'm trying to think in the history of these, you've missed most of these iconic rapes in terms of your viewing time because you, like you said, you started watching in '98. What if you had to watch when Roger raped Holly over the course of course of a multi-episode? I mean, if your judgment is that it, well, no, the subject like, matter I, is hard to watch, well, no. But let's take let's take Days of Our Lives this last week. Days of Our Lives dealt with the topic of rape in comparison to General Hospital in what I thought was a fantastic way. Mm-hmm. We have been seeing for months where where Nick has been dealing with the the impact of him being raped in prison and we finally got to the point where he admitted it. 
And it was handled delicately. It was handled fantastically. And it made an impact. Mm -hmm. This week on General Hospital, it was like, oh, we're just going to imply or discuss rape, and we're going to just give you a lollipop afterwards. Well, I mean, it was... Now, Franco was the only one minimizing it all, and he's a sociopath. It's not like... And that's that's true in terms of what was going on in terms of the storyline, but in the overall feeling of the show, there was so much whitewashing going on on General Hospital this last week that, as I put on Twitter, the White House had to the secret service had to investigate because they were missing paint i mean <laughs> it, it was terrible what was going on and the thing about this is and this goes to another fa- fact aspect of general hospital whether i agree with it or not because i don't necessarily agree that cartini has done the wrong thing by bringing back Roger Howarth, Kirsten Ellerson, and Michael Easton. What happened this last week on General Hospital feeds into this thread that people who don't like Cartini have been crying for months. And that is that they're playing favorites, they're shoving one life to live people down the, the face, and that it's all focused on them. So what we had this week was a situation where we have front and center performances by all three of them, and then we're just going to, I mean, I mean, it was like someone had just thrown paint against the wall to try and like explain what's going on to make it so that now we have to accept Roger Howarth as another character so that we have to, I mean, accept that, that this is the explanation for Lulu being, getting her memory back. I mean, the fact that she was having to put up with this. Mm-hmm. So much of what happened this last week fed into negative reaction already out there about Cartini that when you combine it with the fact that it was mishandled, I was so disappointed in General Hospital this last week, I can't even begin to explain it. The the acting was fantastic, but in regards to the storylines, I was majorly disappointed. Let me give give a point on the, um, and then you can go to Mel, on the whole comparing, you know, they were bringing up that, there are critics who feel that Cartini is shoving those people down the people's throats. Considering we all watch all four soaps, unlike a lot of our readers who are very soap specific, we know that that's not the case, whether it's a, a critique or not. Because we just got through talking about how Steve Burton is being shoved down people's throats oh on Y&R. That is a character that is brand new. He's in a love triangle with two heroines. Well, Chelsea's not even a heroine, but two characters who are relatively brand new. He's got his own set. He's got all this and that. Whereas with GH, with the Landview 3 and their original Landview roles, they were all tied tightly to the canvas. You know, each one with a paired with a long-term vet that the audience loved. You know, they had John McBain with Anna and Sam. They had they had Todd with Carly and coming to town, you know, going against Sonny. They had uh, Kirsten Alderson as star with Michael. And they had them all tied to the canvas. And even with these new three characters, they're still tied and giving or, and bringing about story for people on the canvas that we all know and love. Again... People do make that critique, but I would say it's kind of hollow in a lot of ways. Because well, the last six months, General Hospital has brought back every single person that that show's fan base has ever considered wildly popular. With the exception of a couple people. Without, except for Sean and Tiffany 
and Casey the Alien, they all came back. So to me, it is kind of hollow when I see that. You, you make an absolutely fair point there. I, I mean, and it's not just the Landview 3. They say that about Teresa. Oh, Teresa's taking so much airtime away. If you look at what's going on with General Hospital, though, it, the, the characters that are being front burner storylined, some of them, whether you like them or not, there's a lot of Felix, there's a lot of Teresa. They're the Landview, cheap. They're cheap. The, They're not as – the I, other ones I, aren't – Frank is a genius I, at bringing he, in and giving you a spoonful. You know, a, a lot of Teresa is cheap. A lot of Judy Francis ain't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I totally get that. I think my personal thing about Howarth, Alderson, and Easton is this. I don't think that it was necessarily the wisest idea to – bring all three of them back at once as soon as they could I agree past, past the PP the prospect park thing i think that general hospital made a mistake in in light of what the fact that they did just have these three on the screen so recently and then weren't able to continue with them because of prospect park if they had maybe brought one of them back like now and then three months from now bring someone else back and then three months after that bring the last one back and phase them back in i can see where it would it can it would have been much better it would have been significantly easier to handle we had someone on facebook this last week by the name of charles ask us can you please explain what is going on with these characters? Because I'm trying to explain it to my friends who aren't plugged in to the online soap universe. And I'm not really being able to do a very good job. of. You should have told and- him, tell your friends to get on www.daytimeconfidential.zaptour.com. Well, and, and okay, touche, but I'm just, I think that in light of what happened, it, this last week, the storylines with Franco felt rushed. The return of those three actors felt rushed. When you rush stuff, you do not have the time, or you don't, do not necessarily take the time. Jamie knows this because of my posts that I sometimes put in the queue for Daytime Confidential. And Mel knows it too. She edits. <laughs> when, when you put, when you try to rush something, you miss, you miss things. Things fall through the cracks, and as a result, you put out a, a less something that is not of good, as good quality. And that is what I think happened this last week on General Hospital. I think the rush to get these popular actors back was so intense on the part of Ron and Frank that a whole bunch of stuff in the terms of quality fell through the cracks. And so, I mean, that's just basically how I feel about it. I mean, obviously, I have faith in Ron and Frank. I mean, we've been watching him for years, but there are times when... They fuck up. There's times when they fuck up. There's Mm -hmm. no denying that. I mean, there was Rape Mance, there was Messica, and Mitch Lawrence trying to mate with Messica. I mean, yeah. I don't see this. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Of the three returns, the only one that I'm having a huge problem with is Silas. I mean, I love Michael Easton. There was so much, so much potential between John and Sam. And I'm going to tell you where my anger lies in. And I'm not, you know, for the people who have Prospect Park's back, I'm not dogging them in this. I'm not dogging them in this at all. But I am going to say, when I first saw that Prospect Park was cutting back episodes and then there were all these other issues going on, you know, we just the rap just did the thing about the unions. They cut back the episodes to two. My first thought was great. Just 
effing great. We had to lose Roger Howarth, Kristen Alderson. Well, I mean, and I will be honest. I didn't even. I'm, Kristen Alderson, thank God they dyed her hair brown and made her this bitchy character. Because I love Kiki now. <laughs> I didn't give a doo-dah diddy. When all this was first going on, I'm going to be honest. My thing was, give him star. If this will settle it, just give him star. I was like, give Prospect Park star. Who cares? Look, Richard Simmons. Who cares about star? But I didn't want, you know, I. but I'm going to be honest. Now that Prospect Park is having major issues, and they're blaming ABC, and I'm like, eh, I'm sorry. You might can blame ABC on some stuff, but you can't blame ABC on everything. You know, you just can't. You just can't. I'm sorry. You just can't. And now we had to lose these characters. John and Sam could have been, would have been, a couple for the ages. I feel like John and Sam would have made us say, J. Sam who would have made us say Jolie who. That couple was going to be sex on a stick. Those two gorgeous, dark-haired people making love was going to be amazing. Now I feel like all that momentum is gone. I don't care about this Silas person. I don't... Maybe if he pulls his hair down, I'll like him. He gets rid of them glasses. You know, it's just... it's. He looks like Beaker. It's not working for me at all. Roger Howarth... My barometer, and, you know, I see that Richard from Soaps and Beth, you know, we kind of feel the same way on this. If I'm entertained, I don't bitch. Whether it, it's goofy. GH was off the charts crazy last week. I will be the first to admit it. It was off the charts crazy. Some of that stuff, I was like, huh? But I was laughing because Roger Howarth was hilarious. when he His performance was fantastic. I mean, it I, was crazy. But I don't know that I'd call what happened this last week entertaining. He the, the perform like well, no, that no, was the thing. No, no, no. It wasn't entertaining to you. You have made- Well, no, but what I what I'm saying is it, I think it, that the, I think it, Roger Howarth, Maura West, Kristen Alderson, all these people, Chad Duell, Sean Kanan, they all did fantastic performances, but in for the storyline, it was I wasn't entertained by the story. Entertaining to me because when he was calling Carly, shut up, mother of Michael, <laughs> and saying stuff like true dat and being so weird and flippant and telling Maxie that she had put on weight when she was pregnant. I mean, I was entertained by that. Roger Howarth is an entertainer. And, in, you know, that recast in a lesser actor's hands would have been a huge disaster. But I was entertained by him as Franco. I'm looking forward to whatever Franco will cook up with his uh, big cousin, Heather Weber. I'm looking forward to whatever Franco and his baby mama, Maura West, are going to get into with the Quartermains. I'm in, I'm intrigued by this character now, Mel. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the One Life to Live three, as well as what your thoughts on Stavros and um, Lulu were this last week. Because when I was discussing it with Reagan, the we we were we basically came to the conclusion that what, General Hospital did. M. Ryland, no service with this storyline. There, has, the pushback against New Lulu has been quite vocal in regards to what happened, and giving her the memory lapse has not served her well. And then, for a while, people were thinking, "Oh, she's been raped." What is your thoughts on everything that happened this last week? All right. Well, I'm gonna start with Franco. I 
I didn't have this super huge big of a problem with it as everyone else did. Like people were freaking out and everything. And I was like, I don't think this is terrible. And I don't think it's great. I'm just kind of in between with it. Like, I think it's okay. I, Roger Harworth did such an amazing job. Like Jamie said, I, I, I was entertained. I liked seeing him, you know, go around the room and just tear it apart and say what he's going to say. And he's like, okay, wait, pause. And this is what happened next. And this is what happened next. You know, I, I like those things. And I felt like it moved story along and it created all these different problems for people and I thought it was great and I like that AJ found out that Michael was raped in prison during all this too you know that was me, did, you I, have a you pro- know, did you have a problem with the fact that they undid the other rapes und well like Sam's I mean we if you think about it we didn't never see it we just thought we right, did exactly. you know we didn't well, ever see it because I got a question that comes up here because rape always tends to be the fictional thing that people do that happens in real life on soaps that causes this. But I have to ask, Revenge, which has been... Let's go back to the first season of Revenge. <laughs> I was going to say, don't use the second season. <laughs> Let me finish up because my point is going to be a little reaching here. But I'm... Okay. All you ever saw about Revenge was guilty pleasure, splashy, wonderful, sexy. But the plot of Revenge was about rich people funding terrorists to take down a plane. Come on now, because I've been to preach. I never saw any outrage. That is something, you want to talk about something that happens in real life, 9-11, Boston. I didn't see anybody. Of course, Boston happened after revenge, but I didn't see any of this. This is an outrage that Mike Kelly is using something as serious as terrorism to launch a silly soap opera. So why is it that good, bad, or ugly is rape the one story that, yes, and I get, it's a woman's genre, so that's part of it, but women died in 9-11. And again, people loved revenge. People loved the revenge. That It did not matter to them that the Graysons were the people who brought down a plane with terrorists and when we're living in a time where terrorists are really doing bad things in this country, you didn't see how can anybody create a character like Victoria Grayson who's being all gleeful when she's done something like that. But when it's daytime and it's, you know, top well, but to, or, in regards to terrorism, General Hospital had to pull some stuff be, after 9-11. I know. And, and, and I would also say that in, in regards to terrorism specifically – on that topic in in the real life in real life i think there's a disconnect i think people watch terrorist so, th- things that happen and say that can that's happened to someone so else should ron have a book things that are that people no i'm not i'm not i'm not things that are, that happen in real life but we can't use in story because there's not a disconnect for this, but there is a disconnect for terrorism. And Luke, you and I talked about this. You get giddy every time Helena Cassadine comes to this show. A woman who holds a butcher knife yeah. at young girls' necks and slices well, them sometimes. And I think that's also part of, like, if you take, for example, the difference between the UK and America in television shows. America doesn't have a problem with violence, but they have a problem with sex. The UK oftentimes has a problem, doesn't have a problem with sex and has a problem with violence. If you look at what, like every time Helena comes, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be fun. She's going to mustache twirl. She might slit a throat. 
I it, it's it's what you expect of that character. The, the thing about Franco, no one liked Franco when he was on the first time, partly because of James Franco, but partly because it was just a really bad character. And so of all the people that Roger Howarth could come back as, Franco was not at the top of anybody's list. And in regards to how do I put this? What's going on? I just yes, Ron should have known this was going to cause a shitstorm. If E Jammy is any indication of what has happened with soap fans over the topic of rape and implied rape and actual rape and is it rape? Oh, or who is it cares not? about E Jammy? No, the most no, popular couple is, on this show, Luke, started I, no, I, in rape. I, I, Laura, I under I Luke understand. raped Laura on a dirty disco floor, and then they went I'm on not, to get married in front of thirty million people. I understand. I understand, but that was also back in the 1980s. I'm just saying, if you're looking at the fan base that is watching soaps now, the two to three million people who may or may not jump between soaps during a regular week, E-Jammy was a thing where people said that he raped her, and then uh, or that uh, E-J raped Sammy, and other people said, no, it wasn't rape. And there, that debate, that single debate, has generated more threads and forums across the Internet and on blogs than anything else in days. And they're of also life. day's most popular couple right now. They are most days they are day's most popular couple. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it. I mean there's a it's a sad correlation. Maybe everybody that watches soaps needs to go sit on a couch because Luke and Laura, wildly popular. Jack and Jennifer, wildly popular. Jack raped Kayla, his first wife. Jake McKinnon. Jake McKinnon is arguably other after Matt Corey, the most popular male character in another world history. Big old rapist. I mean, this didn't start with Ron and Frank on GH undoing other people's rapes, is what I'm saying. Frank would be wildly popular with anybody? I mean, he's not. No one Look, likes he Frank. he just premiered last week. <laughs> oh, I'm saying prior to Roger Howarth. There's only about... one character. There's only been one person prior to Roger Howarth to play if Luke and if, if Anthony Geary and Jeannie Francis had not had the chemistry that they did and were not in the original roles and Roger Howarth has chemistry with I'm everyone. Roger Howarth had been recast in the role of Luke back then. Necessary would you say that that was a good thing? No one liked the character of Franco the first time around. So to bring him back now as Franco whether or not it makes everything tidy with a bow because, oh, yeah, Roger Howarth and Kirsten Alderson are still going to be able to play um, father and daughter. Yeah, that's a cool little thing. But if that's the Look, reason there have been plenty, plenty characters in the history of daytime that were not popular with one actor. And then the famous line in every soap opera weekly that I used to read back in the day. No, no, no. Let me finish. Was we're taking the role in a new direction. You have someone like Callie Timmons as Paulina who was milk toast and kind of, yeah, and wasn't that popular. Then you get Judy Evans, and it becomes one of the most popular heroines in the history of the show. And so that, that happens so all that there the were time. More viewers, more viewers, fewer networks, and a larger <laughs> audience. What does it have to do with anything? The thing that it has to do with it is the audiences are smaller today. The audiences that are reacting to this are smaller. And when you fragment them, it causes a problem. Well, if he was here, he would tell you right now he would not write 
these shows based on a thread on a message board. Not even ours. I love our readers, but you cannot, as a writer, write your show based on oh, I don't want a bad thread on a message. You, you have can't, to be a writer. Can't, can't write based on what people say, but you can take into account the popularity of a character when you bring someone back. People For do that. You know, you do that. Who else? You know who else has a big connection to a lot of people who Roger Williams might have. You think like Brian Franz. You think in a <laughs> mindset. Kane and Lily, by your definition, are the most popular character on YNR. So we should see them five days a week because that is what fans say on message boards. Not no, not. what I'm saying is. <laughs> Franco was an ill-conceived character from the beginning. They could have found someone else to bring him back as who would have been just as dastardly. For example, and I can't remember the character, his character name all of a sudden, and I like the character, actually. But Jerry Jacks, Sebastian Roche. No, could, no, no. Could have, See, then oh, I would have been mad. What, what I'm saying is, if you're going to talk about someone, let me, let me just finish. Let me just finish. If you're going to talk about someone who has had a negative impact on on Port Charles, who people actually liked in the previous actor who was a terrorist and who shot, I mean, who was part, who was responsible in some respects for Alan dying. Oh, if they wanted to bring someone the back who was built, Jerry like was just Roger play Sebastian Roche's character. It would have made him a Jax. It would have made him Why connected to that the Sebastian comes back from time to time, though. Why would they recast someone? James Franco is an FOJ. He might not have been at the beginning, but he is now. If he ever comes back to daytime, it will be to play Nicky Newman on The Young and the Restless. So they're not going to get James Franco back on what I, because what, but Bill what I'm not there anymore. So I'm still saying if you're going to give someone a contract yet. role, what if I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. He's, uh, Roger Howard can't walk around talking like Karang. What I'm I mean is he had a if tone. you're and terrorism, he could have come, they could have brought him off at a, di a different villain. C Crocodile Dundee? <laughs> no. Mel, no, we didn't Luke. let you finish. Go, no, go ahead no, and go I ahead do not and agree with, you, with what you just said. No, I oh, don't no. want him. I'm just as mad. You brought up, you, you actually disproved your own theory because when the original Jerry Jacks was just a roguish kind of bad boy who fucked Bobby in nurses in closets at the nurses ball. Then they brought on the Mr. Craig character who killed Alan and did all these other horrible things. When they first revealed that that was Jerry Jacks, people were pissed on message boards too because they I, were pissed, but they still liked the. They still, still liked when he came back. Though. They still liked when he came back. No one liked when Franco came back the second time, and then now they've got him back for the third time. Actor, that's a prior actor. This is we have not even been in one full week of this new actor playing this role. It took well, time for people to warm up. I was on the message boards when Sebastian was revealed to be Jerry Jacks, and people were furious. They said there's no way he would have done that. Why would he do that? Why would he try to hurt Carly? That's Bobby's daughter. People were mad when they I understand that. I was just I was not I was not saying anything about that character in regards to it. But what I'm saying is there were there were more popular villains. Hell, they could have brought him back if we're gonna talk about people who terrorized freak 
freaking um, Sam, they could have brought him back as the guy with all the tattoos. <laughs> uh, but Mel, we didn't. We didn't really. We got off track. We didn't really get your wait, wait, thoughts. Wait, no. And then we'll go to Mel. You're saying that these shows should be beholden to the message boards, and I don't agree. Well, I'm not saying that they should have. But what I'm saying is, when you are the head writer of a soap and you are looking at the variety of characters that you can pull off, uh, pull from on a soap's history, and you have different villains to choose from. How Franco topped that list? Because he's is... a quartermain. He's a quartermain who has history. Yeah, but they only made him a quartermain because of uh, they wanted to try and make us like James Franco but he's better. He's still a quartermain. A quartermain because they wanted to make people. Listen, like... I am all for quartermain, but make him. But they... Luke, you made that up. That was not the <laughs> genesis of them making. You can't just. Well, no, but what I'm saying is they have they have that that story when Franco started terrorizing. No one knew that he was a quartermain. That came much later in the his storyline. They made him a quartermain because they wanted to explain why a fully grown man would be obsessed with Jason. Well, and that goes to it. They had to try and come up with an explanation for a character that no one liked and a storyline that no one well, liked. You just got it all figured out, don't you? Everybody hated the. St- we know that. You're, no one's disagreeing with you. Everyone hated James Franco as Franco. James Franco ain't playing Franco. He's doing Planet of the Apes or something else now. I get. I get that. I'm just saying they could have. There's other people that they could have chosen from. Mel. What are your thoughts on this last week from Lulu and Stavros to Maura West's performance? I thought she did a fantastic job on the docs. What was your – finish your thoughts. Okay. Um, I, I'm done with Franco. So let's go move on here to Lulu. Um, I, maybe I missed the whole – it was implied that Stavros had raped her until that little montage they had where she starts, you know, getting her memory back. I just, I don't know, maybe I missed that whole point. So when everybody was freaking out about, oh, they undid Lulu's rape, and I was like, what? They Starbucks raped Lulu? I, I missed that whole thing. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. And then come to find Life out. Of indigestion know, everywhere. <laughs> come to find out, you know, he actually didn't because when they were, when they got married and all that, Lulu was in her right mind, okay? She agreed to do these things to save her family. I'm not saying but, it's okay. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just saying she was in her right mind and she consented. That's what I'm saying. Do you think that it was an instance where they, they just went too far with it? Uh, because because before, we when, when Stavros came on the first time, we all thought, oh, yeah, this is cool. He kidnapped Lulu and she's lost her memory from Lulu the trauma. Kidnapped. No, um, <laughs> Well, I mean, but in terms of how they introduced M and when everybody, when Stavros came back, everybody was happy to see Robert Kelker, Kelker Kelly. I'm happy they had a good thing. Kelly. It just seemed like it just seemed like maybe they pushed it too far with a good thing this last week. Did you have that sense? Because I know some people did. Uh, um, yes and no. I mean, I Robert Kelker Kelly is great and fantastic as Stavros, but he is this mustache twirling villain, you know. And we all know mustache twirlers will do any and everything. Nothing is above them. So why wouldn't he be like, we're going to consummate our marriage? And, you and don't it get pays it. homage to the history of the show because he did the exact same thing to Laura. He basically gave her the exact same bargain, you know, making her believe Luke was dead. And this was the only life she had. So it could be construed. I mean, that's the whole that's how they brought Luke and Laura's rate back up, because Lucky had always been told that that Stavros fathered his brother out of rape. And then Nicholas informed him, no, my mother consented to having sex with my father. Yes, under 
some legal, you know, the, yeah, she was kidnapped. So under a legal definition, it is definitely rape. Yeah. But it's they paid homage. That's the thing about GH that gets me when I see a lot of the people getting mad. Yeah, some of the stuff Ron and Frank do are crazy as hell. But they're borrowing from a, a show whose history itself is pretty crazy as hell. Pickle Lila actually did save ELQ 30 years ago. Stavros actually did kidnap uh, that Laura to that island and make a baby with her. So he comes back 30 years later and tries to do it to her lookalike daughter with the Ice Princess, which was all part of the original storylines on this originally crazy as hell show. It's not like this is Maria Arena Bell deciding to take glamorous, realistic, the young and the restless, and put people in chipmunk suits and have doppelgangers come through the town. Let's All make Jill and Lauren. Yeah. The crazy that they're borrowing from now is from crazy that actually happened on this show. Go back and look. That's the other thing. If there were message boards at this time, they would have never been able to do half of the storylines that they got away with. No one would have. You imagine a story today where Jeannie Francis is holding a toy machine gun on henchmen <laughs> who have samurai helmets on their head while Luke is in a room with a computer trying to stop the world from being frozen. What then can you say about Cartini going over the top? Uh, well, there's a lot to be said about Cartini going over the top because they do it. Crashed in this fucking town, and a person named Casey needed to get his rocks back, his magic rocks, so that he could get back to his planet. And Faison had those magic rocks, and Frisco and Felicia and Anna and everyone else had to save this alien and his rocks. So how did GH go over the top? This week is what I want to know. Well, I I, I would say that maybe fans expect a little bit more realism today. I don't know. Um, Let's talk. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say we got our realism with Mara freaking rest because how (laughs) amazing was she this week? Oh, my (laughs) God. She was fantastic. If if you are a uh, General Hospital fan and have never watched her on the other soaps, this is why we love Maura West. She was amazing. She's feeling very Carly Tinney. Oh, she is absolutely feeling Carly Tinney. And it works for me. I almost tweeted that I was like, girlfriend is going to be like, shut up, Parker, so we can get your $50 million from the cabinets. (laughs) 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 I was so ready for her to slip and call Kristen Alderson Parker. Oh, so good. It was so good. Mara West. Finally something we can agree upon. Yes. The wonder of Mara West. And she's actually being, a lot of people are actually liking her. That's one thing where there's been consensus. Like you see on Twitter, people's comments is like, not so sure about Kiki, not liking this or that, but Mora West did great job. Just, or, or I'm liking Ava. She just fits. It's like she's been there forever and ever. I just, it, you can't explain it. She just gels so well with the show. She just feels like a general hospital character. I don't know. I love it. So, Mora girl, you doing the thing. Well, Jamie, you alluded to it earlier. All My Children is. <sighs> They're having contract and labor. Disputes. Allegedly, according to Allegedly. the rap. According to the rap. What are your thoughts on this? And and whether now that we're at two days a week, do you think that all my children in one life to live need to pick up the pace? 
I'm lumping two big topics together, but we have finally look, I've been last couple of weeks. I've taken off all the kid gloves that I pretty much had us put on. Yes, I did. Cause I was like, you know, we've been so bombastic over the years. Maybe if we'd be a little nicer, <laughs> people <laughs> would be a little nicer to us. I'm just going to have to go back to real deal. Holyfield. I'm scared as hell with what's going on with Prospect Park. I can't sit here anymore. It's like Julia Roberts. In, there's something to talk about. The 30 about. days is up. No. The 30 days is up. No, it's like Julia Roberts and there's something to talk about where she tells her daddy, so you want me to just sit here and eat shit politely? <laughs> it's like something is amiss. Something is amiss. I mean... It feels, again, like these people, and I know they did such a Herculean effort to get this off the ground, but two weeks in, you're firing your head writers. Before the show premieres, you're suing the people that own them, that you're licensing them from. One Life to Live don't have any storylines. All my children are pretty good, but One Life to Live don't even have any storylines. It's, it's all like over have, the place. It's it's like they have like a reverse reflection of problems. All my children or One Life to Live has a fantastic young cast but no story for it. All my children's cast is less fantastic and the storyline that they're delivering especially with Petey and Celia who I absolutely cannot stand Celia is just ugh. All my children is telling strong a and B stories. They are telling one of the most powerful storylines in daytime with Cassandra's sex trafficking story. I'm also riveted by J.R., Kara, David, and, you know, so they've got strong, strong, strong A and B storylines, which is really all you need for a 30-minute show. Yes, I'm not as thrilled with the Celia uh, Petey storyline. I love Pete. I mean, that guy, Rob Scott Wilson, is soap hunk du jour. He just needs a classic soap storytelling, a storyline, not this Hallmark movie romance with this girl. I'm not feeling that at all. AJ, the young actor, really needs to be told to tone it down or they need to recast. I'm just going to be real. I'm the, Like I said, the gloves are off! The gloves are off! I like him, Eric Nelson, no offense, but you have got to tone it down. You are you are chewing up those new sets that they just built. Stop! Enough! Um... With, they won't even be able to use him as a deductible I don't tax like, season. He's going through them so fast. I don't like any of that younger set. They just, if we could just scrap, <laughs> well, I, I think, if we could I scrap think the entire teen scene, I would be happy. Well, Miranda Miranda's looks like good. a young Susan Lucci. She looks like a young Eden Regal. If they just get her a better, get somebody who actually knows how to write she teenagers. Yeah, Miranda's the strongest. Miranda's the strongest team that all. Miranda and Pete. Well, Pete is not a team, but keep Miranda and Pete. Celia and AJ could go. I mean, I would not mind seeing AJ yeah. recast. So Celia can just be killed off. Yeah, I mean that that man who's haunting her, the boogeyman can just get her because I'm not feeling her at all. I mean, Kobe's coming and back. Need, and, I mean, now and that Hunter. might save it though. But if they make Kobe the classic bitch who comes between the good couple, that might be give us rooting factor with well but you have if you're going to do that you want to root for you the really good ones are you want to hate someone you want to love to hate someone and then root for someone well they can there's no love to hate with celia she is just i don't believe in writing anything off that quickly you know if you look back at the beginning of santa barbara kelly capwell's romance with with um 
Joe Perkins was very fairy tale. And then they toned it down and made it more relatable. So if they made it more relatable, I wouldn't have a problem. The actress need if they're going to do that, they need to recast the actress because she's not strong at all. Well, I don't think Robin Wright was that strong at the beginning of Santa Barbara. Now that might be sacrilege to say that, but it's true. You know, Kristen Alfonso wasn't that strong when she joined it. Well, well I, they never are. I keep telling. Well, we've had we've had this argument before, but the time the thing about Prospect Park is considering all the problems they have, they have even less time than the broadcast soaps do to get their shit together because we don't know how long they're going to last is that this there's no longer a time for soaps to be a training ground i will counter my friend that they don't even can't pay they damn newbies what the newbies make on daytime soaps so let me tell you right now this is who they gonna get for five hundred dollars and then then listen then you don't want then it shouldn't matter if eric is nelson is recast as aj by your own standard find somebody else but see they can find somebody else for her too she is not as bad that's more the writing for her. She, she is, she's, she's a non-entity. That is the writing for her, though. That boy is making acting choices. He is making so is she. Choices. So is she. I'm a wet noodle. I'm going to flop over on the couch, and that's it. Uh, be a wet noodle, but don't scream when somebody asks you, do you want the most? I think it's just as big a crime to be a screamer as it is to not be there at all. To enact a scene with AJ. JR. Son, would you like more sugar in your milk? No, I don't want any more sugar in my cereal. You killed everybody 30 years ago. Why don't you try to put my own sugar in my cereal? And he just runs out the room, knock Brooke off on the floor. She's like, what the hell? Who am I putting that sugar in my cereal? It's like, and then Miranda, like, oh, AJ, come back here. And Bianca, Miranda, I need to talk to you because this man tried to shoot us in the head, and I don't want you. I'm staying over here tonight, Mama, you bitch, so I don't care what you say. What is the Only love can say Mel, what are your thoughts on All My Children this last week with the various storylines? I like, I'm enjoying All My Children so much more than I enjoy One Life to Live, which really hurts me because y'all know I love me so One Life to Live. Um, that Billy Clyde Tuggle story, he cracks me up. Oh, <laughs> so I, I keep funny. thinking, like, I was not watching back when he was on the first time on All My Children, but I keep thinking, can you imagine? If we had him and, oh, crap, all of a sudden I can't think of her name. Damn it. You know. How can I not think of her name? She's one of my favorite all-time, all my, you best, are, all my favorite characters. characters. <laughs> Damn it. You have to ask that. How could Kate, you not? What, what, is, what, what, what is Kate? Um, Kate? Uh, Heather Weber actress played her. What I was it? No, 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 no. I'm not going to let you sit up here and say somebody is your all-time favorite again. And you don't even know that. I I don't even watch that. She's sitting here and I can't think of it. I'm like, get it. Your all time favorite character. I just have brain farts. I can't help it. Oh, Brady, I'm going to need you to get that cat scan. (laughs) We're going to let well keep seeing. Can you imagine if Billy Clyde is coming and going? Can you imagine if Billy Clyde Tuggle? And Janet from another planet were on right now. That would be must. Wait a minute. Now this boy, let the record show. He got. He is talking about GH having too much going on. But you just whispered storyline. Another planet and Billy Clyde Tuggle on that thirty-minute story at the same time. 
<laughs> my argument about GH was that they brought him back as a villain no one liked. People like both of these villains. Yeah, and that both of them on at the same time would be too much of a campy thing. Well, considering what else is going on on the show, it wouldn't be any less if campy. Luke, see, this is the thing. This is the deal here. This is the deal here because I've been podcasting with you for five years now, Luke. If this was Helena, no, that's not true. This last week, I could not Helena. Helena, uh, what's her Listen, name? I have, I have been on the young and arrested and her mustache twirling ways for years. Let, but this dude's got McCrona's Helena sister. Uh, Rasta at the toddy for the first time in my general hospital history this last week, Ron Carlovati made me not want to watch Helena Cassidyne. And on top of it, it was a scene with Anne Ryland. Everybody on this podcast knows I should be getting a cut of her check for trying to get her on soap. So Helena marrying Stavros and Lulu was the one time you didn't want to watch her ever again. Not when she, at 80 years old, got punched in the face and fell off a cliff and survived. Not when she was roaming around that party with that butcher life looking for the expect her to be a mustache twirling villain and i like the actress in that role no one liked franco before there was no need to bring him back as franco but we're going back to the top somebody of the does list. like franco ron carlovati likes franco mel keep going sorry we got you. like franco but real damn let him do a movie the planet of the apes like franco the oscars but Oscars didn't like Franco. Franco. <laughs> <laughs> man likes Franco. I'm sorry, just kidding. I can't <laughs> Steve Burton is doing a terrible letter with Franco. Listen, the only thing that fr- the only thing missing from Y&R and Friends of Jill is for Franco to come on Y&R and for him and Steve Burton to do the vagina monologues together. I mean, seriously. Mel, yes. any final thoughts on All My Children before we move to One Life to Live? Um, I want to see more David Hayward. That would oh, be absolutely. nice. With Angie, some chocolate. No, Kara. Yeah, Kara. And you go arch that back. And she, he gonna sweat that curl out. Woo! So, so Jesse can walk in the door and go, Angela. Angela! Speaking of acting, hear me roar. Yes, but with Jesse. Don't touch up the tail to his level. He is like Robin Strasser. When you get to their level, you can show out. You got to get to that level, though. You got to pay your dues because he shows out. Yeah, he Listen, I have, when he watched that click me, lick me clip, <laughs> I half expected him to run out the door like Greg on One Life to Live. My favorite, was... my favorite was when he told Edgy, no, baby, let me go in here and interview this witness because you might scare her you know with your reactions and stuff now Angie went in there and was like can you tell us anything about our daughter please I'm a mother you know and the woman actually came in there now what happened to you yeah I was with the bad man and they I'm like hell who the one gonna scare her Jesse you the one gonna scare the witness Jesse you know what my wish for storyline is for all my children I'm gonna write this on the blog too I need for Mimi Fry 
y'all old, all my children fans know who I'm talking about. I need Mimi Fry to come back as an internal affairs investigator and kick Jesse off the police force because Jesse should not be, he shouldn't even get to run the Salem police force where Hope's, chi- Hope's child is, is stealing evidence all the time. Listen, <laughs> Sierra on Days of Our Lives is more successful in stealing evidence than Sammy has been in 25 years. <laughs> like, you know what? I need Mimi Fry. I remember her, Sherry Headley. She was in uh, Eddie Murphy's Coming to America. She's cute, got that long, silky hair. She needs to come back and be like, uh, Jesse, you on the investigation. First of all, for putting that baby, burying that dead baby in a public park. That is a health violation. That was five years ago. Health code. Well, it's, it ain't no statute of limitations on that, I'm sure. Look, somebody dog probably got sick off that human carcass, eating it in the park, and then stealing that other baby. And now this, no, Mimi Fry needs to come on as an internal affairs investigator and take Jesse's job away from him. And another thing, when is somebody going to tell Cassandra's real daddy that she missing? Jesse ain't none of her daddy. Her <laughs> daddy is Angie's other husband, Jesse's Twin cousin Jacob from Loving and the City. <laughs> the quit rewriting history. That's who Angie adopted that baby with, Jacob. So bring on a dual role for Darnell so he can show up oh. in two specific acts. So he can show out in two roles by the time it's all done. <laughs> Billy Clyde We'd Tuggle. be looking at a blank screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't let AJ get a hangnail. I got a hangnail, dad! <laughs> Can you imagine if AJ decided he wanted to become a cop and we had <laughs> Jesse and AJ in scenes together? Don't ever have them on a stakeout because the crooks <laughs> know they were there. Oh, Lord, did you see what the crook just did to him? I really won't. Brooke, it really would be best for me if Brooke did it. Because, you know, I'm looking at Brooke and I'm like, you know Brooke is mad as hell. She is like, I'm back with Adam. That don't mean I want his ex-wife and his deranged son and his hyperactive grandpa and Bianca. <laughs> I want Brooke to just get mad at him and say, well, you motherfuckers get out of my house and just slap the shit out of AJ when he's coming up. Next time AJ tabs something in Brooke's living room, it, it ought not to be none of this. AJ, what's the matter with you when he breaks something? If there was a black mama, let me tell you what would happen. Brooke would walk over there and turn him around. Boy, what the hell wrong with you? Slap him one time across one side of the face. Slap him again and say, go put your little naked ass some clothes on. Why are you running around my house naked anyway? Crazy acting boy. Go put some clothes on and shut up. That's what he needs. <laughs> well, Mel, what did you think of Snoop Lion? You know, I actually like the conversation between Snoop and Bo where they're talking about, you know, Matthew and how um, what Clint said that Bo was a bad father, got under his skin, and Snoop kind of gave him some advice. I thought that was actually pretty good. I mean, it was better than I thought it was going to be. I was like, okay, Snoop, I, I see what you're working with here. I didn't think it was terrible. And see, that's one, that's one of the dynamics of the Matthew – um, Destiny storyline that I'm liking is the struggle that Nora and Bo are having seeing their son do ab- basically absolutely nothing for their grandchild. Mm-hmm. The The teens don't have a storyline on One Life to Live, but and I'm not necessarily all that enthused with the other stuff Bo and Nora have going on, 
but I'm liking you know, you mean you're not riveted you're not riveted by, by, poker? by Nora launching her own blog talk radio show nope nope <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I know they're trying to be relevant but why 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 because Nora why? had a, a radio show in college that's why we want to see Nora in court, not on as a radio host. Why? I did a lot of stuff in college I don't want to do when I'm 50. <laughs> Probably won't be able to without some um, some um, osteobiflex. But still, uh, what the hell, Bo? Baby, I think you ought to start a radio show. Really? Th- mm-hmm. Really? That's what you think Nora should be doing in her twilight years? <laughs> <laughs> why? What are your guys' thoughts on Natalie, Cutter, and everything at Shelter? I sort of feel like Shelter is just a canvas where we can have random stuff happen that don't that doesn't require storylines or plot. If Shelter burned down to the ground and was rebuilt as Capricorn, I would be lovely. And that's all I'm going to say. What happened to them tabloids Blair used to own? <laughs> she had some tabloids and Todd had some tabloids. and. Yeah. I'm like, what Blair want to sit around 50-some-odd years old, walk around a club all night long where all of her stepchildren are running around and she just cougaring. Just... And here, here's my other question. They're not even you. successfully cougaring. Exactly. <laughs> well, and here's my question for you, because I think that we've, I mean, we've discussed a little bit about the fact that the pacing on One Life to Live and All My Children is lacking. But, well, now the pacing on one life to live is going seventy to seventy to zero. But nothing's but nothing's happening in that rocket speed. Nothing's happening. Nothing's cohesive. That's the problem. Yeah, and like if I'm not mistaken, now and this may be a spoiler alert, so cover your ears if you don't. But Jamie, didn't you tell me at some point there was going to be a mystery for Jeffrey's character that was going to tie into um, Victor's? That's all. I mean, oh, that's all supposed. Ron Rain's character will be tied into that. I know, but like, I, I I feel like. Okay, Jeffrey's just sort of been hovering here. Now, granted, things drastically changed when they went from four to two episodes, but I'm like, Jeffrey just sort of works and does nothing. They but just his- get naked. They, you know, they just sit around and look. I ain't mad about that, but I can watch, you know, porn for naked people. But you know, I enjoy seeing her, him and Dan and and Matthew. They just Daniela. They all just sit around and get naked for no reason. And then what's her name? You know, she goes to shelter and dance offbeat, and but there's <laughs> not any Natalie. <laughs> Natalie, you know, and then the little hot ass destiny. I'm like, uh huh, all them dance moves. That's how you got that first baby. That's what my grandmama would say. That's how you got that first baby dancing. Uh huh, like to shake your booty. Mm-hmm. But you know, it there's not a lot of storylines. I'm like Natalie. We do know it. Natalie is still. Landview's in love only, with John. Yeah, and she's still Landview's only CSI, but all she does is go to work every day. I'm mean, child protective services need to take that baby from her. <laughs> hey, and go to the club home. at night. <laughs> she is a she is a hood rat. I never thought I'd say that. Natalie Buchanan is a hood rat. She was she always a hood rat. Give a baby to the babysitter and go shake her fast all night. Shake it fast. Watch yourself. Shake it fast. Show them what you're working with. Her destiny. I'm like. This is that's all they do is go to the club. It's like dang, and Dorian run around with the bad wigs on, scheming about the Pelag- <laughs> I'm going to get the Buchanan's with the Pellegrino for. Oh, like, oh, oh, oh. 
She another one. I love Robin Strassel, but she can cut a ham too, boy. She can cut a ham for tech, but uh, she can cut Christmas dinner. She can bring the ham for Christmas dinner. Yes, she do, cause she look. And when that when that wig don't fit right, she go good and crazy. Then they need to stop. They need to stop and just map out a long term storyline for that show. I like the ones on my children. You know, there's so much stuff that could come from those stories. I mean, Brooke could do an article for Tempo. I do have to try to figure out Brooke needs more than an intern because I still am trying to understand how Brooke is running Chandler Enterprises, still writing articles for Tempo, and running the Miranda Center. I know Bianca is still, finally, because for the first couple of weeks it made it seem like Brooke ran the Miranda Center. And I'm like, well, what the hell Bianca be doing? Just coming over to the house all the time? But, you know, she had to go out of town on Miranda Center business. Um, but, you know, why does Dixie stay there? That is the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. Do people not know the history? That woman slept with Brooke's husband in her house and got pregnant with Jr. on her. She got pregnant with Jr. while Brooke was married. Well, I'm sure it. You I'm sure it has to do with AJ and the fact the that he needed it. He, you can that's where AJ lives. You can, me and you can help raise AJ together. That's fine. But you're going to be at your house and I'm going to be at mine because I'm not quite sure well, you might not. Adam might have. Adam might have given her permission. If I was Brooke, I'd say, hell no, Adam. She's not going to be in here and crawl up on you again. I know you old and stuff now, but she might get the hankering to crawl in there on you again. Brooke and Adam aren't married yet. <clears throat> that don't matter. I want you to find me a woman who will say it is okay for the the whore who broke up your marriage to move in with you and your fiance again with her grandchild and her crazy son. Brooke need to have some self-esteem to tell Adam she's not going to put up with all of this. I bet you Adam wouldn't let Brooke move Tad in now. In other news, Good Morning America trounced the Today Show during May sweeps by its biggest margin since 1994. Maybe the Today Show should have worked a little harder to get Katie Kirk back when Meredith Vieira left. Heaven knows, neither have done all that well without the other. Dallas star Charlene Tilton has signed on to reprise her role as Francesca Devanity on Devanity's upcoming fourth season. All I can say is Francesca had better not let herself be operated on and I'll leave it at that. The Bill Bell biography, The Young and the Restless Life of William J. Bell, can now be purchased in paperback, though I highly recommend a hardcover if you plan on knocking someone out. The Haves and the Have-Nots delivered Perry's pal Oprah the highest-rated series debut in Owns History. The soapy show stars One Life to Live grad Tika Sumter, who may have the world's most beautiful skin and proves day in and day out that black don't crack. Meanwhile... Former daytime scribe James Lipton revealed to Parade.com he did roaring business in, as a Paris pimp in the 1950s. However, don't expect Lipton to visit your neighborhood brothel anytime soon. According to the Huffington Post, the inside the actor's studio is happily married to wife Kadaki Turner, though apparently against paying for sex. He told Parade, quote, I think if you can't earn it on your own, then you don't deserve it. The one person we can all agree no one wants to see in a bordello is American's golden girl Betty White. She, along with skinny girl Bethany Frankel, Kardashian queen mom Kris Jenner, and comedian Steve Harvey are the latest celebrities to sign on as presenters at the 40th Annual Daytime Emmy Awards. The telecast airs on HLN on June 16th. And finally... 
While driving through Beverly Hills, Brooke Logan spotted a billboard offering discounted wash and wax Badusi cleanings and pulled right in. After getting a full service complete with tea tree oil shampoo and picking out her favorite old mare ain't what she used to be freshener, Brooke went to pay, but discovered there was no need to fork over any dollar bills. It seemed she'd maxed out her buy 10, get one free punch card, and the servicing was on the house. Jamie, final thoughts. You gonna leave Brooke Logan the hell alone, or I'm gonna pull off my earrings, kick off my shoes, and whoop ass up in here. That's what, I, what you gonna do. You gonna believe in Brooke Logan. It's what you gonna do. Mel, we'll, final thoughts? We'll be right back with the rhythm on DCTV. Are we gonna do the rhythm report next, Luke? Sounds good to me. You're gonna have to do traffic? <laughs> yes, you can absolutely do traffic. As long as that never changes. That's all you need to know. We would encourage you to comment on this episode at DaytimeConfidential.com. Add us as a friend on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash DCConfidential. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long.